This Rhythm and News podcast is brought to you by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Angela Brooks, a Seattle native, recently began her term as president of the American Planning Association and effectively becoming the first black woman elected as president of the national organization. And we're going to talk about her historic appointment is Angela Brooks, president of the American Planning Association. Good morning, Angela. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm doing good. And yourself? I'm doing pretty good. That's good. Uh, Angela, first of all, congratulations on your uh, historic accomplishment. Thank you. It's still sinking in slowly but surely. Right. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the organization? You know, what is it and what are y'all charged to do? Yeah, absolutely. So the American Planning Association is the largest professional organization for urban and planners in the world, um, certainly in this country, but we also have to note it's the largest in the world. We, Our mission really is to elevate United Diverse Planning profession and help communities and their leaders and residents really meet the needs of a changing world and build great communities. So our members can be from public planners like city planners or transportation planners, a lot of uh, municipal consultants, a lot of people, just people who do a lot of work on the built work, the built environment on the planning side. Right. And Angela, let's talk a little about what you uh, do professionally. You know, what do you do and can you talk about your plight in the profession? Yeah, so um, I now I am the director of the Illinois Office for the Corporation for Supportive Housing. We are an organization that looks at permanent housing solutions, which is something I'm sure is on the minds of many in the Seattle area, specifically with the unhoused population increasing by the day. We do a lot of work around policy. We're lenders, so we do um, lending for both acquisition and pre-development for those looking at creating permanent supportive housing units as or, and or uh, federally qualified health centers. So we do a lot of work around really coming up with housing solutions to provide housing for all, which is kind of the fundamental backbone of my whole career. So really exciting work that we do. Right. And then let's talk a little about, you know, you talk a little about the roles of the planners and how, let's talk a little about how it can really impact cities and more importantly, uh, why it's important for black professionals and other professionals of color to be involved in this field and this process. Absolutely. That's probably one of my favorite topics. People often ask, how did I end up deciding to major in urban planning? And if you think about it, what impacts communities of color more than land use decisions? Absolutely nothing. And so you think about a lot of the work that people in Seattle are doing, particularly around the central area and Africatown and gentrification. And a lot of that work people are just uniquely uniquely doing because they're passionate about building the communities. That's exactly what I do for a living. That is planning. That is community building. That is legacy building. So you think about you know, for those of us like us who, who went to school in the South, you think about the U.S. highway system. Where was it built? Directly through our communities. So you look at things like 
Tulsa and what happened in Tulsa, all of that is around land use and land control. So it's important for people of color to enter these things so we can not only understand the theoretical practices and principles of it, but we can have the jobs that help really create those policies. It's another reason why I love to see people with planning backgrounds who actually run for office, because those are the people that are creating those. I go to, I'm on the Chicago Zoning Board. It is rare that I see people of color that participate in those. And, you know, when we do participate and we're very passionate, it really does make a difference. So it's a really important aspect to get more people of color involved in. Right. Well, it's certainly, uh, you know, from hearing you talk, it, it certainly gives a little bit of background and color to the term and the realities of the other sides of the track or the other sides of the city and the and the why or who more so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> think about the movement around whether or not we close down um, Lake Washington Boulevard. I mean, there's a lot of conversation about that. And I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of questions around equity around that. I mean, I have a certainly as someone who grew up in Mount Baker, I have a strong opinion on it, but I don't live there. So I'll be quiet on that. But I've been really happy to see friends of mine get really engaged in sharing their voices about why they think it's a bad idea and getting people really engaged in the process. Like Tide Maddox has been very, very vocal on Facebook and getting South Enders to really get engaged in a way I hadn't seen in my peer group. And I'm super excited. These are friends of mine I've known most of my life. And I'm like, hey, you know, that's what I do for a living, you know, and I love seeing that kind of energy around a decision that's being made and they're making sure their voices are being heard. And it's, it's amazing. Right. And Angela, uh, you're a Seattle native and a proud graduate of an HBCU, correct? Absolutely. I went to the Jackson State University in Jackson, Mississippi, and I'm a graduate of Franklin High School, so definitely a product of Seattle Public Schools. Right. And can you talk a little bit about the organization uh, and what it has meant to you personally and professionally? Yeah, so I got really involved uh, when I was at Jackson State. I majored in urban studies, and then I went to University of New Orleans, and I got my master's in urban and regional planning, which is when I joined APA. And as a planning student at a not historically black college at all, in fact, there were only three of us that were black in my department and only one professor, the American Planning Association gave me a national um, kind of lens of planning, but also gave me a lot of mentoring support. And graduate school can be very isolating, particularly when you're looking at issues like I was. I was looking at the redevelopment of brownfields and communities of color without a lot of color on the staff of my university. And so I was able to pull in mentors. But also attending the national conferences have allowed me to develop relationships with people everywhere. So when I have, you know, questions about things that come up or I want to know best practices, I have people I can reach out to, as well as just the professional development that comes outside of the things I get at work in areas of interest. Planning is very interdisciplinary. As someone who's focused mostly on housing, there's a tie for housing and transportation, and that's not something I know a lot about, but I have a network of people I can pull from to ask questions. There's APA does a lot of research, so there's a whole think tank that kind of produces the types of planning advisory services that really help build capacity in areas that you may or may not necessarily work in. And Angela, what advice would you have for young people who might uh, be considering going into this field as a profession? You know, I think I and my advice to young people is pretty much across the platform, no matter what your majoring is, is look at what are those professional organizations that serve your field. Um, I think there are a lot of young people who are really passionate community organizers, so I certainly would encourage them to look at planning 
if they're interested in going a more traditional track in terms of college, look at urban planning to really support the work they're naturally doing. Uh, the historical um, the historical theories of planning are, you know, somewhat problematic for those of us of color, but it's also helpful to understand from which we came to really direct where we're going so we don't re- make, continue to make the same mistakes. And, you know, unfortunately, the world is still the way it is. There's some level of validity I sometimes in community meetings can, you know, pull out, hey, I'm a licensed planner, so, you know, to give a little bit more validity. And I'm certainly not saying that should mean anything, but it, in fact, does. So um, just really get engaged, but more importantly, just continue to use your voice about the things that are important to you and what and where you live is going to continue to always be really important. Right. And, Angela, you know, what do you hope to accomplish uh, during your tenure as president of the American Planning Association? You know, I'm, what I'm most excited about, we just, um, the American Planning Association and the National League of Cities just signed a partnership to really address the housing issues, the housing crisis in this country. I mean, we're underproduced in housing in every city, every state is underproducing. So, of course, that's going to create a whole myriad of pro- problems from housing from the top tier of very rich to the very lower tier of very poor. Um, I'm super excited because my co-chair in this will be Mayor Victoria Woodard there in Tacoma, which I've never met her, but we're going to have two black women from the Northwest uh, really working on housing issues on a national level. So if over the next two years of my presidency, I can really move the needle on, you know, really producing the type of quality housing for everyone, that would be awesome for me. Right. And, Angela, going back to that last report uh, when you're going to be uh, co-chairing with, um, uh, from, uh, oh, my God, Mayor Tacoma. Mayor Woodard Tacoma, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say Strickland. I'm like, you're not doing what Strickland is, uh, Woodard. Um, yeah. You know, how important is it to look at an area like the Pacific Northwest of Seattle and Tacoma that logistically has a lot of issues when it comes to uh, urban planning uh, because they are um, kind of landlocked because of the water around us that are limited in, in the actual um, capacity as far as land is concerned to continue just kind of building out systematically. So how important is it to have that as a reference point uh, as it relates to planning, but also putting forth models that can go across the country? Yeah, I think looking at the entire West Coast, that's not only looking at the landlocked aspect of it, but also just extremely expensive housing I mean, I can't, I can't imagine trying to buy a house in Seattle at this point in my life. Um, you know, it's important to look at, you know, what does density need to look like? But even when you start looking at density, because honestly, when I come to Seattle, I don't even recognize it anymore. But as we look at increasing in density, is that, is that actually, is that increasing in affordability? One, I would probably guess not necessarily in some areas of the Seattle area, but also how do we ensure that when we're looking at this, how do we keep the things that make our communities what they were? Like there's some core things about the Northwest that people love. And, you know, how do you balance the two is something I think professionally many of us grapple with because you don't want to lose the sense of community, which does happen often. But it's important to have a real strategy on housing and housing supply. And sometimes part of the issues that create that are creating some of the supply issues isn't just the land availability, it's just the processes and the codes and all of the things that can be predeterminate cost increases just on delays. So kind of really looking at from start to finish, what can we do to really increase housing supply and housing affordability at the same time is going to be pretty paramount to the things that really uh, get us to solving the housing supply issues that we're seeing in this country. 
right. Well, Angela, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show. I want to congratulate you once again on your election uh, as president of the American Planning Association and wish you the best of luck in all your future uh, endeavors. And hopefully, um, you know, we'll see you having uh, some influence and impact on what's going on here in Seattle, whether it's from being directly here or from afar in your national role. Well, thank you. I'm always just a girl from Seattle, no matter where I am or where I go. So I appreciate the time today. Thank you.